Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Okay, so we are on. I have Carrie Peterson here. This is the Dub Podcast Connection Loop. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to Carrie because um, I think we share a couple of passions. Number one is video. Number two is SEO, kind of best practices and website website design and retention of customers, lead acquisition, and maybe dogs, maybe not. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Um, I'd also, you know, want to just take a moment to thank you for your service. I know that you were in the Air Force, so um, I'd love to learn a little bit about that. Um, and, you know, it'd be cool to talk about your origin story. I'd love to give some really kind of practical tips, tricks that people can use for their business um, and have some fun. So this podcast is made possible by Dub.com, the visual communication platform. Um, quickly send videos from Gmail, LinkedIn great workflows, have a lot of fun with video, grab a free account at dub.com. So let's get into it. Carrie, talk to me a little bit about yourself and your origin story. Sure. Um, I actually got into direct sales back when my first son was born. I got out of the military, the Air Force Act of Duty, and decided that I wanted to work from home. And what was great about direct sales is it taught me a lot about people and communication. Um, in the military, communication is more about doing what you're told <laughs> and not communicating, more just falling in line. So I had to learn how to become independent. And mm -hmm. that was kind of my start as an entrepreneur. And from there, I began to just, you know, learn a lot about personal development and mm. business. And I ended up in about 2002, I started building websites for different companies uh, across America. And it was back when HTML was the way we built sites. Um, some people don't know much about that, but we had to code everything. It's, we didn't have WordPress. We didn't have, you know, drag and drop type of stuff. You had to know coding. So that's kind of how we started. So we started with website development in about 2002. Um, and from there, it rolled into a desire that I wanted to, as a stay-at-home mom of four kids, wanted to do something that um, I liked e-commerce. And so I tried growing an e-commerce business with a handmade product in the dog community. Um, I started trying to do it through eBay and um, let's see what else. I tried Amazon a little bit. And eventually fell in line and started building my own e-commerce brand through Facebook. It wasn't growing the way I wanted through like eBay. There's too much distraction, right? And I think what I realized is it was relationship-based. So I started using Facebook to reach out and to get to know people and what they wanted, what their interests were. And I literally sat there for hours messaging people privately all over the world and just building those relationships. And from there, I've always learned that no matter the automation, the tools available, the relationship piece is the number one thing. Yeah. And that's what I like about Dub is that it really, really has fine-tuned the ability to watch the engagement and be personable in sending videos to their email or through different platforms. So 
but that's a little bit about my background. I honestly know a lot of different platforms because I've had to. There's so much stuff taught online now, um, different coaches, different programs, <laughs> different classes that weren't available back in 2002. We had to learn things on our own through research and troubleshooting and things like that. So all that to say, it, it. it's been a, a long, long stint of learning, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's, it's always, always learning, right? So yeah. what have you, what have you done with video so far? You know, I mean, video, what have you seen? What has been successful? Yeah. Yeah, I started going live with video and doing live videos probably in 2016. And it enabled me to immediately engage with people. It, it builds a relationship on the front end, right? So video itself, it's changed, right? At first it was like you had to be all professional and it had to be professionally edited and all this kind of stuff. Well, I learned from one of my mentors that it's not really about that. It's about being transparent. It's about, you know, being on the front end, just being real. That's what people want to see. So I actually took my e-commerce business and I rolled that also into another company that it's actually a course and just started engaging with people. And so in answer to your question, 2016, I've grown so much as a person. So video is multifaceted, right? So you're not only building that relationship, but it forces you to grow as a person, to pay attention to the engagement and what they're saying, um, to involve them. So when you involve them, it really brings down the barriers and it gives you social uh, reputation. So I think video has got many different facets and I think so many business owners, now that we have our agency here, I try to tell them the value of video is monumental to your business. Even if you don't want to get on video, you can use screenshots, you can use, uh, tell about your products. You know, people want you to be transparent and video is the hottest thing right now. So 2016 is when I started going live and using a lot of video, so. And then what were you using for live video? I mean, 2016 doing live video, that's an early adopter. Yeah. That's great. Um, just Facebook Live. Just, you know, just going live and just rambling about whatever I felt was on my heart at that time or things that I thought people were useful. Now I do more teaching um, about social media. I use video to do proposals. Like if I'm if I'm looking for a prospect or I'm reviewing their material, I will use video. And Dove has been great for that because when I send them the video for them to review my thoughts, they i can see them engaging with it right so i can see them opening it whether or not they open it and that gives me feedback because not because i won't write to them again but just to know what they're engaging with how often are they opening it and so it really helps us with prospecting cool so your expertise is really in, in social media and that's something that i think has evolved so much in the last so many years and you know, I remember 10 years ago, the definition of social media was so different. I remember people used to always have a like button, you know, right on their homepage. That would be one of the first calls to action. And then you would kind of, you know, get your followers like that outside of the ecosystems. And then and then all of a sudden when they're on Facebook, then they would start to consume the content. Now, of course, that's not really a best practice. You know, Facebook sort of has turned off a lot of those switches. You actually can't really get that that like button as easily as you used to be able to because Facebook wants to acquire people and then keep people there so that they can spend all their time yes. there, you know, consuming Facebook content to monetize. So, you know, I think it's become 10 times more challenging to get 
um, followers to get likes, you know, before people used to click that button so easily. And now it's about deep connections, deep engagement. And I think the engagement is, is much higher, but I think that the, the numbers, the vanity numbers, I think have gone down much more. So give us some, some kind of tactical tips and tricks on how to increase our following and then also our engagement. Sure. Um, it's something that I think, you know, whether you're running ads or not, you still should be trying to get them to orga organically engage. So one of the things that you can do is try to get people to come to your page and when they do, whether they've bought your product or service, have them leave a recommendation. Um, if they enjoy the product, a recommendation speaks volume to their friends. They can see that they're recommending the product or service. A recommendation helps your ranking within Facebook. Um, and I see so many companies that don't respond to those recommendations. Now, somebody's taking time out of their life, their schedule, and they're giving you a review, right? So the least you can do is reply. And there's lots of softwares out there that will alert you when you get a, you know, a review or recommendation. Um, the second thing is, is to uh, watch the engagement that you do get. You know, make sure you have a pixel embedded on your website so you can get that data. Um, see how many visitors you get. You can really, Facebook has evolved so much because now you can go into the analytics and you can tell how long they're on your site, uh, what was their exit page. I mean, you can tell so much information. So, um, you know, look at that data. And if you don't know how to look at it, there's lots of things online. Uh, Facebook offers um, courses that teaches you how to do that. But anyway, keeping your pulse on what they're engaging with. It used to be an image would get engagement. Video is where it's at right now. It can be a pre-made video or it can be a live video. And then, you know, Facebook will tell you the age, the location, you know, demographics, all this stuff. And then I would recommend doing retargeting. Now, I know we're getting into some techie talk, but honestly, they want to be heard. You know, social media is a social platform, right? So you need to watch and listen and do your research. I think to raise your engagement, you have to do the research about your demographic. What, what is working? Go to Amazon, do some research about what feedback people are getting on those different topics. Um, there's just tools out there that you can research. So I would just say to get that engagement up, pay attention to what they're engaging with and what you're getting engagement as far as video or images or surveys are another great thing that mm. a lot of people don't use you you can use survey monkey it's a free software and have them give you some survey um ask them questions people want to be heard i think i think a lot of companies forget that so yeah so that's that's i mean that's really uh that's really tactical i mean i think retargeting is is uh I don't know why more people don't do it, um, especially small businesses. Um, you know, the cool thing about retargeting is that it doesn't require that much maintenance, uh, at least from my perspective, with a small budget, you can find an asset, find a creative, whether it's a video or an image, um, you can get that on YouTube, you can get that on Facebook, and then anytime someone visits your site, um, that can then follow them for a finite amount of time. So. Speaking of retargeting, can you can you kind of give us some um, some recommendations on that? I mean, how do we avoid uh, wasting money? Um, how do we uh, target our specific audience? And then how do we kind of optimize our conversions? 
Well, there's different ways you can actually find your audience. Like when you're creating that persona, it doesn't matter whether it's a product or service, there's certain people that are drawn to it. So you can do some immediate um, campaigns that will give you the feedback of people engaging. Um, you might send it out to a general audience, then you watch to see the first three to five days who's engaging with that content. You build the audience off of that. Another thing you can do is do an opt-in where you give them a free piece of content they can download it from directly within a lead form on Facebook. You take that audience and then you retarget, you upload it, retarget it on Facebook. Now you're starting to build momentum on that audience, right? So people of a, <laughs> what is the saying? Birds of the same feather flock together. So mm. basically the same like-minded people will follow the same people on Facebook. Mm -hmm. They will purchase a similar type courses. They will be in the same type of groups. So in Facebook targeting, you can target those specific things. Um, and I don't want to go too far into what you can target, but basically that's what you do is you target certain audiences and you keep refining. How can you save money? The engagement, uh, Facebook, you're basically paying for them to target certain groups of people. The easier you can make it, the less you'll pay. So when they have to work really hard to get those uh, those ads before people, then you're going to pay more. So like I said, you need to be going live. You need to be getting your engagement up and you need to make sure you are targeting the right groups, the right people. So and then you can also omit. So let's say somebody has purchased your course or purchased your product. You can upload your email list and omit the people that have already purchased. So you can segregate your different uploaded um, email lists. So you don't want to be targeting people that have already bought your product for one. So you can target the people that haven't purchased or you can target people. Let's say they've watched your video for a certain length of time. You can literally target people that have engaged with your content. So that's that's how you refine it to people that are actually interested in your product. The other thing is you don't want to be targeting people that have already seen your ad. You need to follow up with maybe messenger marketing or a separate ad that they haven't seen. Because if you keep putting impressions in front of people that have already seen your ad, now you're paying for that, right? And you shouldn't be paying over and over and over again. And they'll end up, you know, clicking hide ad and things like that. And then you're now you're getting negative feedback and Facebook sees that. So that's just a couple of ways that you can save yourself money and not keep retargeting the same people for weeks on end or, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I mean, we've we've definitely done a lot of experiments. You know, we have, so starting with our, I mean, our, our philosophy really is, you know, it's rooted in content marketing, it's rooted in value. Um, we're all about educating, entertaining, delighting, you know, providing some sort of useful information. So we've got, you know, our stack of ebooks, we've got live webinars, we've got recorded webinars, we've got an online demo, we've got this new masterclass that we all did at uh, this conference, which was fun. Um, and then we have, you know, a couple other sort of video assets. So we're, you know, at the more assets, the more creatives you have, and the more channels you have, the more options you are, and it becomes distracting, you actually kind of lose the path, you don't know what to kind of, you know, play with and sort of test and what to kind of prioritize. So, you know, if we do have a lot of options and a lot of different ideas, how do you suggest that we get started and put our stuff out there to get some data? 
Um, I think you need to look at, uh, do a little research as far as Facebook has an analytics that you can actually do research. Um, every platform, research some of the top brands that, that you know in your niche or maybe top speakers. See what, kind of read the comments. So go, it doesn't matter whether you're on LinkedIn or YouTube or, you know, kind of pay attention to the feedback they're getting. And then you can kind of gauge either ideas that you could raise, you know, ideas that you could get your engagement up for your brand or whether or not it's working, right? So it depends on the niche. Every platform isn't good for every niche. That's just the way it is. You know, it doesn't matter whether you like it. It's are your customers on there? Are your potential clients on there? And so sometimes it's hard for companies because there might be a platform they're comfortable with, but they're just not getting the engagement. So I would have them, you know, do a little research or have me teach them about which platform might be best for their brand. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. So what would you recommend um, for for Dove to do? I mean, our our target audience is well, it's folks like yourself. It's you know, small, medium-sized businesses. It's some solopreneurs, some teams. Uh, maybe they have some experience in video, maybe they don't. Um, I'd say the vast majority of them are on LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook, the targeting on Facebook, we haven't had much success with. I mean, there's kind of like the specific niches, real estate, mortgage, insurance, but you know, there's sort of a general business category, entrepreneur category. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of success with those. Um, and then I think also, you know, in terms of our, our video assets, we've got these fun, you know, kind of bottom of funnel commercials that explain what Dub is, um, a little bit of social proof. But then we have the top of funnel, you know, ebook videos or webinar videos or just demo videos, you know, just kind of explaining what video is and what maybe Dub is. So is there sort of a mix that you would, uh, not, not to put you on the spot here, but I'd love to, you know, get sort of some tactical advice from you on what you would recommend for us. Um, 100% because it's driven towards business owners and people that need that engagement, I would say LinkedIn. Secondly, I would say YouTube. YouTube and Google work hand in hand, so it's important for you to watch your analytics on your website to see where your traffic is coming from. Where is it coming? Is it coming? Because I know you guys are on multi-platforms, right? You're in a bunch of them. I would say YouTube and LinkedIn for business owners. Um, and then kind of go from there. I would draw them in based on feedback. I would, if you're going to use Facebook, I would be targeting groups that are based on, you know, courses or businesses, you know, target those types of, um, you know, there's a lot of big courses and big entrepreneurs out there that are leading people. So I would mm -hmm. be targeting your ads towards that demographic. So you just, you mentioned targeting uh, groups on Facebook. So I think that's a really good piece of advice there. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I just think that where people congregate, which groups are huge, and Facebook wants us to be on groups right now. They're focusing on groups and events and things like that. So if you're doing a webinar, if you're doing a teaching, even if you're going live, you could create an event and then promote that event within Facebook, right? It will remind them. You can even have reminders go through uh, ManyChat. So there's lots of different things you can do to draw those people in. And then once they get there, you can kind of see the demographics and I think groups are valuable because everybody's doing it now. They know what Zuckerberg said. They know the value of groups and groups are again that refined audience, right? So it's already refined. It has the engagement. It has what you need. And if anything, you can join the group and see what people are saying. What issues are they facing? Take that data, take those comments and start building yourself a list 
of video content you can create, of things that you can do to get that engagement up. It's all, it's all very methodical, and I think that you know more content necessarily isn't better, but targeted content, you know, pre-planned. So sometimes companies can get very tunnel vision. They can almost be so focused on what they think is important about their product or brand. And it might not be the issues that the people are facing, right? It might be their vision of what they created, their, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it might not be what people are suffering with. So you got to know people's pain. And that's how you find out is in those groups. I mean, that's how we find out what business owners are suffering with is we're in the group seeing them come and our marketers, you know, what are they struggling with? we pay very close attention so i hope that answers your question yeah i mean i'm i'm relatively new to the world of facebook groups i mean barring my high school reunion college kind of grad school <laughs> groups that i just yeah. got de invited to by default i was never really engaged in those um you know barring those uh you know groups are relatively new for me um dub has now a actually two groups it has its user group and then it also has its affiliate program group and it's it's amazing to see how much engagement there is yeah um, daily constantly you know constantly people are providing feedback and some good stuff and some you know some feature requests and saying hey what's going on i don't understand this so it's, it's be definitely been a learning experience for us um you know you're right facebook is going hard on groups and we're seeing a lot of engagement there so how do you recommend that people a get themselves into groups and then b is to potentially start their own group for their own business their own cause their own movement um well anytime you search in the search bar i think people underutilize that on facebook you can search for hashtags you can search for you know brands topics and it'll even drop down and give you recommendations um if you have friends that you friended on facebook maybe from a you know, a, um, you know, local friends with similar interests, you can actually go and see who their groups are and find groups that way. Um, and then you kind of just spiders out, right? Then they start targeting you with, you know, similar groups. You can see it on the recommended group side. Um, and then the other thing is, is starting your own group. I would just say decide what your brand wants to represent or what you want to represent as a person. And then, of course, you have to create the group name and um, start deciding there's different kinds of groups like you can have the group where you actually have modules or lesson lessons in there and you can actually see their progress and stuff um, if you want to pre prevent yourself from being having spammers and stuff you can literally set up like questions where people can't just join by default they actually have to answer questions so that helps to give you some control of who is actually getting into your group um, and basically just you know, giving them, helping them feel involved. I think um, I have a group of over 10,000 people just for my favorite breed of dog, Maltese. I built it after my dog passed away and I had, you know, another one and it's over, it's almost got 11,000 people in there now. And I built it because of a desire of mine. It was nothing monetary. It was simply, I knew there was a need. I wanted people to have a safe place. And I never thought it would have that many people. And for a long stint of time, I had it as a secret group because it was growing several hundred a day, if you can imagine that. And I was trying to, I had to bring people on to help me screen people. So I've always, you know, kept my, my hand on there saying, okay, 
how can I make this? So think about how you want to build your group. What, what are things that are important to you, to your brand? And then you shape the group around that, whether it's content, questions, surveys, and just going live. Maybe you go live in there once a week, once a month, and do Q&A time, and they can have access to you. So people like exclusivity, right? They like that feeling of being in a group, you know, and being on a like a small group like that. So that's just my tips about groups. I think they can be extremely powerful to build your brand and also keep you know, keep up with what people think about your brand or product, so. Got it. Cool, great tips there. Um, so I'll switch gears here a little bit. So one of the things that we hear a lot is that people don't feel comfortable being on camera, okay? So maybe they're in sales, maybe they're in business development, maybe they're in PR, maybe they're in social media, maybe they work for some sort of an agency. They're using video, they understand it, they see the value, maybe LinkedIn, maybe YouTube, maybe Facebook, maybe live, maybe recorded. But I keep hearing this comment. I don't always feel comfortable being on camera. Help us. How can we feel more comfortable being on camera? Um, I would say to start off doing something simple. If you don't use Snapchat or something like that, do videos for yourself. Okay, so at first it feels very strange because it feels like you're talking to yourself because the camera's there. Nobody's in the room with you. It makes people feel very uncomfortable. The other thing is people are self-critical, right? They think that they don't look good enough or whatever. What people need to realize is that whether you've built a product or a brand, it's it's your passion, right? It's what you built. It's a part of who you are and there's value in that. Everybody has value and what they are putting into the world. And so I never judge you know, what people have built or what they're trying to create because we all are here for a purpose. I firmly believe that. So I literally had to believe that. And at first for me, it was very uncomfortable to be on camera. So I get it. But I would say, you know, Snapchat's a great little tool to use and you can just keep practicing, you know, talking to your to your phone or to the camera. The other thing is it's okay. Record yourself on your desktop, delete it, do it again. I look back at my videos from several years ago. I was so nervous and you know the other thing is i noticed is if you try to use a script it gets way worse now there is times that you need to use a script right but if you're just trying to be real with your followers they know i mean a lot of them are thinking oh my gosh i could never do that myself right so don't be so self-critical of your you know what you look like or what you sound like or how you talk just do the best you can i think people love authenticity I think that, uh, like I said, whatever it's your passion, just think about that. And eventually, after you do, you know, 50 videos, 100 videos, you get very comfortable with doing that, with being on camera. So mm. and you got to put it out there, right? You just got to take that leap of faith, put it out there and see how it goes. Yeah. So what would you say to people that, that don't believe in using video for business? Um, I would say that if you don't believe in using it, there is other form. You could use like a slideshow type of thing with a voiceover. So if you don't want to, you know, uh, are you talking about live or just any video whatsoever? Any, any type of video. I, you know, they don't believe in, they don't feel comfortable. They don't want to be a public figure. They don't want people to see them, you know? Right. No, I get that. I'm saying the value of video doesn't have to be just them. It can be their content. So there's some people that won't put their face in the camera, but they'll pre present their, their service where it's a voiceover. So they're showing their product or service and they're showing slides 
or they're showing the problem explaining it and just putting that out there. That's still considered a video as far as marketing is concerned and it will still get engagement. Some people actually prefer it that way. They think that having you on the camera down in the corner is actually a distraction mm. from representing your, your, your course or your product. So it's just, it's a debatable thing, but I would say at the very least, do a voiceover, you know, with your product or service. So, you know, that's yeah. why podcasting is big because people don't have to be on video, right? <laughs> they right. can just have their voice, so. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because it's probably one of the most most unknown features on Dub, which is the the ability to record a screen without a webcam feed. You know, you could just have it voiceover and then just a pure screen recording. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say, well, I'm not really comfortable being on camera. Well, we always say, listen, just do a screen recording, show value, show a presentation, show a website, show their website, um, and put your voice in it. And that way, you know, it's actually, from a data perspective, one of the types of video that videos that gets the most engagement and clicks and views is when someone that's in sales or that wants to kind of connect with someone captures a video of the other person's stuff, their website, you know, their logo, something about their world. Because when you send that video with a little tiny yes. thumbnail graphic, you know, they see that person sees their own logo. They see their yes. website. How do they not click on that? You know? Yeah. I think that's extremely powerful because it's one of the main features of Dub I love. So what I do is I actually take a screenshot of their website. It has to be a certain dimension. I put that as the background on the landing page. So when they click on the video and it opens up, I upload a picture of their company or their website behind the video playing. Immediately they feel connected, they feel recognized, and they have that rapport already. Now if I'm talking to them about their company and what I would recommend, there's a connection there. That's pretty cool, I've never thought of that. We actually didn't think of that type of a use case. That's pretty cool, that's really smart. That's a great tip. So let me let me kind of um, uh, clarify that. So what you're doing when you build a specific video, what you do is you take a screen grab of the prospect's website or something about them, their branding, and then you upload that as the background image of the video. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it looks sharp. Like and, you know, same thing as a proposal. You know, if I send a digital proposal, I'll put their their company on the first page. It just it, it brings down some barriers, you know. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And then from a, I, I know that you're, you mentioned that you're using the Yeti mic. So yes. um, talk to us about that. What success have you had with your, your tech there? You know, Yeti is, it's amazing. I don't know. My husband is the techie guy and he recommended Yeti. Yeti is, it helps you to drown out any background noise. So, you know, and it also helps with the lisping or, you know, things like that. It just gives you, I think audio is one of the most important parts of video, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you have crackling or, you know, your mic is rubbing on your shirt or there's a bunch of, you know, kids crying in the background or you're at a restaurant and they can't hardly hear you or there's an echo. These are things that will immediately let people will just disengage. They won't even watch the video. Whether you're on Facebook or you're sending something through Dub, you need to make sure your video is spot on. I mean, your audio, I apologize. Totally, totally. I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, we have, I mean, just in my line of sight, I have, you know, four four pretty awesome microphones, <laughs> all of which I think are pretty reasonably priced. So, um, yeah, one of which, of course, is on, on the iPhone, which I think is a really good one. Android devices have great um, mics as well. So, um, great. So, 
Uh, here's another one for you. So, you know, Dub as a company, we've really leaned into this whole idea of business vlogging. It's kind of a format that um, I think we've been trying to pioneer at least. Uh, you know, one of the, um, the leaders here at Dub, his name is Shannon, and he's kind of spearheaded this whole initiative of a daily show. It's the daily Dub. We go out, we shoot, sometimes we shoot more than one segment on a given day, but we always distribute a video every single weekday. LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So we've had a lot of fun with it. Um, we've also really leaned into who we are as people and kept things really casual. I mean, sometimes we have a lot of fun. I'm on a skateboard and we're cruising around Hollywood and we're just having a good time, but also being ed very educational in the process. So I would actually love to get some kind of brutally honest feedback on how we have positioned our content and what it looks like from your perspective. I actually think your content is terrific. I stand behind the brand 100%. I am recommending uh, Dub to my, you know, my affiliates and also my um, clients because your teaching is phenomenal, Ruben. I mean, you guys are doing a great job with giving real tips, right? Things that that you might that business owners are facing, ways to do, you know, marketing tips. I see you guys are giving different, you know, video content to, you know, different. I like the one you did the other day, you know, about that. You know, how do I edit the video? What's something I can use as a real app? Right. Everybody doesn't have an office, or you know, I mean, it's it's making it achievable for people, and I think that's important because when you're starting a business. You know, it's 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 little things, right? Little little um, little achievements. And I think you know, using an app on your phone sometimes that's all people have. You know, they might be starting with just their cell phone or just their laptop. And so I think the content you guys are doing a great makes you guys feel approachable. I I like the humor. I think you guys do a great job. Cool. Any recommendations? Any topics you want us to explore? Oh, let me think. Um. You get back to us, throw us some comments in any one of our videos and sure. um, we will add it to our little content calendar. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time. This was really educational. And we talked about Facebook groups. We talked about dogs a little bit, um, your service in the Air Force. Thank you so much for that. Um, how to feel comfortable being on camera, you know, not being overly uh, self-critical. And then, uh, of course, about being passionate. So I really appreciate your time. Of course. I'm so, so happy to be here and keep up the great work. I love your software. So thank you. Thanks so much, Carrie. Really appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.